1: Now, do you have this ministry? Do you see obstacles as opportunities for God to show up and display His might and His power and His wisdom? Do other people call on you for encouragement when they're going through difficult times and losing faith and losing hope? These people are an enormous blessing to uh, the church when they're operating in their gift. The gift
0: of faith and healing. That is what we're exploring here today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Hi there. Welcome to our Tuesday edition of Study Verse by Verse. We're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As we continue our journey through this book, we've taken the time to stop a little bit, slow down, and explore spiritual gifts. Faith and healing is what we're looking at today. Here's Pastor Leighton with this edition of Study Verse by Verse.
1: In uh, verse 32 and following of Hebrews 11, it says, What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured. that God had something better than the riches or the comfort available in this world. The New Testament book of Acts describes the early church history, and in chapter 6, verse 5, it speaks of Stephen as being a man full of faith. Stephen was also the first martyr of the church. He was stoned to death. He stood there, and people cast stones on him until he was dead. And as he was being stoned to death... He was preaching an evangelistic message. He was, by faith, speaking the gospel in hopes that someone there would hear the gospel and it would change their life. And the scriptures tell us that there was someone there, a person named Saul, who was encouraging Stephen's martyrdom. It wasn't too long thereafter that Saul became the great apostle Paul. And we know from reading through the scriptures that Paul was oftentimes stoned and beaten and left for dead. And I can only imagine that in those times, as Paul was standing there and watching rocks hurled at him, he reflected back on the testimony of Stephen and took faith from Stephen. And when he was through, he got up and he continued ministry through faith. Now, do you have this ministry? Do you see obstacles as opportunities for God to show up and display His might and His power and His wisdom? Do other people call on you for encouragement when they're going through difficult times and losing faith and losing hope? Perhaps you keep a record, a journal of prayer and answers to prayer. These people are an enormous blessing to uh, the church when they're operating in their gift. Now, the other gift that's mentioned in verse 9 is the gift of healing. This is a gift that has experienced a lot of counterfeiting. In fact, there have been documentaries on television that talk about charlatans who take people's money with false promises of prayer and healing. And these unscrupulous characters tend to prey upon people in desperate situations, often the elderly and infirm. And this behavior is despicable. Now, it's important to be reminded that only things that are real and valuable are counterfeited. So if there's counterfeit healing, then there must also be something legitimate and real. It's important to note that people do not heal. God does. That God is the God of healing and restoration. The Bible is the story of God's intention to heal and restore fallen creation. God's character of healing is reflected in the fact that His creation is designed within it with the ability to heal. This gift is really related to uh, the prayer of intercession, that is, interceding in prayer on someone else's behalf, because those who have this gift are praying to God to hear their prayer and to heal. They recognize that God is sovereign, that sometimes He chooses to heal, sometimes He chooses to leave things as they are, and sometimes He chooses to provide the ultimate healing— which is to leave this life and leave this body and be given a new body in the new eternal life where things are much, much better than they'll ever be here on earth. Um, Whatever God chooses, it is ultimately the good choice. Now, we may not see that from our limited perspective. We may think that there's only one way, uh, and it's our way that's right. But God sees the big picture, and He knows what's best. And I heard someone say it this way one time. He said, God's choice would be our choice if we knew what God knows. God's choice would be our choice if we knew what God knows. Well, we don't know what God knows, and God knows everything. And God is good all the time, and therefore God always makes the best decisions, even though they may not look like that to us at the time. That is something that we must choose to accept by faith. Scientists have proven that prayer works, although they are hesitant to attribute that to God, so they use explanations like spontaneous remission and other labels to describe such events. Christian cardiologist Dr. Randolph Byrd conducted a study in 1984. Over a 10-month period, 393 patients at the Coronary Care Unit at San Francisco General Hospital. I was there as a patient. Uh, were computer assigned to either 201 patient control group or 192 patients who were prayed for daily by five to seven people in home prayer groups. The test was randomized, double-blind experiment, which neither the patients, nurses, nor doctors knew which group the patients were in. At the study's conclusion, Dr. Bird discovered that those who were prayed for were five times less likely to require antibiotics. Five times. Three times less likely to develop pulmonary edema. None of those prayed for required endotracheal intubation. They experienced fewer cases of pneumonia and cardiopulmonary arrests, and fewer patients in the prayed for group died. It was a very significant study. Dr. Dosi says that if the technique being studied had been a new drug or a surgical procedure instead of prayer, it would most certainly have been heralded as some sort of a breakthrough. Now, since his study, there have been other studies as well, Duke University Project found out that those who attended church had consistently lower blood pressure than those who did not. That's a good reason for coming to church right there, isn't it? That's an alternative to the gym. No, it's not that at all. (laughs) A study of 1,718 older adults in North Carolina indicated that elderly people who attend church regularly have healthier immune systems than those who don't, another good reason to show up for church. And uh, a fourth study found that patients aged 60 or older who attended church regularly were less likely to be admitted to the hospital, had fewer acute hospital admissions, and spent fewer days in the hospital during the previous year than those who attended church less often. A 1997 American Journal of Public Health article about a 28-year study involving 5,000 California subjects reported finding that frequent churchgoers were more likely to live longer than people who went to church less frequently another good reason to show up to church, huh? Now, Jesus modeled all of these spiritual gifts. He went about healing all manner of diseases. Matthew chapter 4 says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syrian people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. And it wasn't limited to just Jesus. In Matthew 10, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them the authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And it wasn't limited to the time that Jesus was alive, because after Jesus departed and went to heaven, the apostles, Acts chapter 5, were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all of the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join them, even though all the people had a high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women, and as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. In fact, it wasn't even limited to the disciples, the apostles, because James in chapter 5 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? you should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So the ministry of healing has been assigned to the elders of the church. Remember that the New Testament does not differentiate between elders, pastors, Or overseers, aka bishops, all of those titles are used to describe the same group of people. Now, there are some uh, fallacious teachings about it. Healings ceased in the first century. The Bible doesn't say that. And we know from the church fathers that they were witnessing healings in the second and third centuries. Some have suggested that healings only take place in a worship service or in a worship place. When we read through the scriptures, we find out that many healings took place in homes and there was no crowd. Some have suggested that this replaces the need for any doctors. That doesn't make any sense because the book of Acts, which recorded, it was written by a doctor. Yeah. And uh, many missionary uh, works are done by Christian doctors. You can use either method, working through the hands of doctors or miracle. Uh, some have suggested that faithful believers never get sick and that Uh, Not getting well is a lack of faith. The disciples asked Jesus one time, is this person sick because of his own sin or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. So it's not always sickness. Uh, Sickness is not always caused by sin. And uh, Timothy was a faithful believer. We know that. He's he's got two books in the Bible written uh, with his name on it. And yet uh, the apostle Paul told him in 1 Timothy 5.23, don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. Timothy, the protege of the Apostle Paul, was sick often. Now, if Timothy did not have enough faith to get well, we are all in real big trouble, folks, because he's actually in the book. Um, So it's not a matter of faith that necessarily makes us well. So do you have this gift? Do you have a compassion for those who are going through illnesses? Uh, People who operate in this gift, they're drawn to people are sick, they want to pray, and they expect Jesus to show up and and healing to take place. And you are a very big blessing to the church family. Indeed you are.
0: No matter what gift God has given you, you are a blessing to the body of Christ. Each and every one of us are very vital and important to the kingdom of God. Questions about today's program can be addressed when you visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno or this radio program, study verse by verse. Again, highlands.us is the best place to start. Tomorrow, more on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Join us for Study Verse by Verse with our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely.